Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar store of our fleet, Force Center. We're here as we are, well, it's about halfway to The Last Jedi. 
but Vanity Fair don't care. <laughs> the Last Jedi has arrived in terms of uh, Vanity Fair. With me to discuss this, we're going to break this down today uh, and really have a lot of fun with it, is Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Lenda. Very, very happy to be here. Now, halfway through... Yeah. You say we're halfway to the last halfway Jedi. Halfway to, yeah. Halfway, halfway to, to the last Jedi. Yeah, yeah probably because what I should say. The, the, the Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah. halfway through. <laughs> I think you did say halfway to, but even that's yeah. fascinating to me because yeah. you mean halfway to since The Force Awakens? No, halfway to The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. To the release. To the release. Did I make December. any? I, I'm, I'm asking honestly if <laughs> I made sense because I've had the type of day I, I, there, I could be having a stroke no, right now. I, I was just know. feeling bad that I thought that maybe there was like some official ceremony where we were beginning to wait for The Last Jedi and there were some guns fired and then we raced <laughs> and I didn't know. I didn't want to be left out. I feel like that's Force Friday. One September. That's Force Friday. Yeah. I just I'm just doing the math, right? Star Wars comes out every twelfth month. Yes. Last Jedi. Okay, right. So you're you're the gun fired at Rogue One. Right. And then we're coming into the sixth month. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not good at math, Joseph. Neither am I, but I'm with you so far. As long as we don't talk about how fast a train moves, I'm okay. (laughs) Halfway to the release of The Last Jedi, right? Yes. Yes. I'm not making fun of you. I'm I'm questioning. I clearly want to make sure I'm okay. (laughs) We're not making fun of one another. We're making fun of our poor math skills. It's six months to The Last Jedi. That's what we're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Halfway through this this year. I thought you had some inside information. Jennifer, could you help me? Uh, yeah, no, six months there you go. until the... There you go. Wait, I was going to say The Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, oh, we're geez, back to the beginning. Back to it's it. back to the beginning. Help, help us. Regardless, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This Vanity Fair article uh, that has uh, kind of hit the stands, uh, well, hit the internet last week, and as of this recording and of this release, it is still a, a day away from uh, hitting the newsstands, and I we can talk about that later, but I love having these magazines in my grubby little hands, yeah. mm-hmm. as opposed to looking them online. But also, we do want to take a moment. We, we talked about it on Databank Brawl, and we talked about it on our last show, but the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, the big 4-0, did happen last Thursday, and uh, did you guys do anything? special yeah. yeah uh i recorded this episode we're recording right now <laughs> yep yep sorry i'm just gonna no. i'm gonna break the illusion that's, i'm gonna break the magic that's some meta stuff right yeah there, i think because i just I, I feel like i need to be honest because i think sometimes <laughs> where we're at when we're recording creates the truth of the particular episode of the force center this it's evening <laughs> on the 40th anniversary of star wars it is also national wine day that's right. We are breaking our tradition of whiskey on Force Center. We all have a nice glass of I forty year old a drink for a yeah. forty year old film. Do yes. you cheers wine? Cheers, Solancha. Yes. You can also say no. That's not I'm right. trying to Solancha? switch to wine. Okay, I love whiskey, and I will always have whiskey. Yeah. But I've discovered that whiskey, um, it's it's you know turns me. It's not good for the. I'm like a bad, bad old Wookie <laughs> failing, failing. Just, I just can't have it as much as I, I used to. Yeah, I understand. So I'm trying to. to switch to wine. Wine is the, like, is the, uh, let's, uh, you know, I've been a hard yeah. drinker a lot of my life, mm-hmm. but let's cool down a bit. I know many people right. who are like, well, you know what? It's wine time. Oh, wine yeah. time. <laughs> Relaxing. Who mm-hmm. do you think in Star Wars drinks the most wine? Mm. Ooh. Uh, I mean, maybe... Who? General you think Leia? Leia? General Leia? Oh, for sure now, yeah. Yeah, yeah when she started the Resistance, she yeah. opened. Yeah, because that's straight out of Bloodline. She's got the Tonneray. She does. The Alderanian wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for sure. She talks about that in issue 14 of Poe Dameron. She cr- cracked open a bottle for uh, oh, memory nice. of Lulo that Han had given her this bottle of a drink. And, uh, Aw. Yeah, the, that's Okay, I think that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. I watched Scandal. The main character, <laughs> Olivia Pope, is a little bit like uh, General Leia. Like, she yeah. makes problems go away. And then at the end of the evening, big old bowl of wine. <laughs> 
yeah. And Wait, I think you watch that's Scandal? Exactly, I do. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I enjoy that show as well. Force Center will now become the Scandal Podcast. Let's <laughs> do it here. Scandal. I also think though Palpatine drinks wine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. it's like blood wine. I think it's some sort yeah. of wine that's made out of like blood wine. Ugnaught blood or something. Because oh. I don't think he can ever just be classy. I think he's got to be full evil all the time. <laughs> Get me the blood of the Ugnaught. <laughs> Drink it. Drink it. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's oh, right. That's right. You know what? You're right, Joseph, because it's we should be honest with our audience sometimes when we're recording because chances are by the time this is released next Tuesday, uh, who Snoke is will be, will be revealed in <laughs> an Entertainment right. Weekly article. <laughs> There'll be a and, cover story. And then we'll get tweets. Why didn't you guys discuss it on the show today? <laughs> well, because we recorded it last week because we're all busy uh, out for Memorial Day weekend. Yes, yes, yes. But that is what we're here. We're going to – we figure we'd uh, dedicate – uh, the entire episode with some fan questions at the end from Twitter and Patreon and all that fun stuff we we like to do as well. But uh, this is kind of a good main topic. We, we you know Jennifer's you, you're gathering the news. We're talking about the news, and it's like there's so much here to just have fun with, and also slightly get a little grumpy about yeah. maybe, and also uh, some eyebrows raised. But there's a lot there. So Jennifer, I, I this is a team effort tonight. No one's piloting this ship. We're in the cargo hold, <laughs> drinking wine, just getting thrown. Start about. us out here with what's going on with Vanity Fair. Yeah. Do do we want to talk a little bit about the the photos, some of the beautiful behind-the-scene photos? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I think that was, uh, I mean, one, the first day w- that it was released, it was just the covers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. then it was yes. the next day that the photos and the actual content of the main article was released. So it was yes. that one-two punch oh, man. of right. emotion. And uh, the covers, they're all great, but I think there's a lot of emotion just in the covers. Like Luke and Ray. Cool, yeah. but we've got to see them a little bit, right? So we knew that, yeah. Uh, and then the the baddies, great to see Phasma with the helmet off, yay! Yes, but then we have uh, the all uh, people of color, yes, cover. Amazing. Which is amazing. Historic. Historic. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, Mitch, Kelly Marie Trent, first Asian female to be on the cover of Vanity Fair. Yeah. That's, that's uh, you know, far too long, but, uh, you know, not soon enough type of thing. And 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 uh, and, and good for her because she's kind of the, the newcomer, the un, unknown coming yeah. in front and center. I like that. Yeah. Can that imagine? I can't believe that. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people tweeting, like, it almost looks like even in the photo, she's like, this isn't real. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's what the character is like, real smirky. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And then, of course, the Leia... Uh, the, the man. Oh, the solo shot of cape coat combo. Yeah, like yeah. obviously, it was the emotional power of uh, seeing her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. I I said this on my anchor station, but I literally mumbled "Yas Queen," and that's not a thing that's in my vocabulary. <laughs> I just didn't know what else to say. <laughs> it was just sort of like, yeah, I want. Why isn't she ruler of the real world? Just that there's <laughs> such power yes. in in that yes. shot in that garment. It's a cape coat. She's got a cape coat. It's so, it was really emotional. I really haven't even allowed myself to get fully emotional. Okay. I'm, I'm going to get the cover. I want to frame it. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. You have to. It's just so beautiful. But it, there's a part of me that's like, I can't, I can't go there just yet. Because just to, too much it, to take, huh? too much to take for Looking both at it right now, Carrie yeah. Fisher, uh, you know, m- missing her, and also what what could have been, which we'll talk about yeah. a little bit later with with the character of General right. Leia. Right? Yeah. There's 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 so much there to that shot, um, and I, I do the villain one is is great. I mean, it that it, that alone. Phasma with no helmet and a pike. I mean, yeah. This is, yeah. I'm excited for that stuff. Yeah, the, the bad guy one does. We don't get like a bunch of new information or oohs and ahs other than they look pissed. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Yeah. They look like, you know, first order strikes back for sure. <laughs> I would not mess with them. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's um, these photos, I mean, you mentioned work of art and framing them. I mean, this is what, this is why I like having the magazines in my hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, these pictures look great on my computer screen right now, but I, I have every Vanity Fair, I think, going back to Phantom Menace. Wow. Really? Um, I have to dig them up, but yeah, I have obviously last year's is still in my room, but somewhere in storage is going back to the Phantom Menace one and, and it kind of became a thing after that. So, yeah. Mm. I gotta collect them. Yeah, like I'm, a, I'm an old school collector. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. Yeah, I'm gonna buy them up. Uh, yeah, I thought they were released today, and then I went and it was not them, and I was like, "What happened?" Great cover, of Brie Larson. <laughs> it is. It's a lovely cover. <laughs> I too raced out to my local Walgreens <laughs> oh, this really? morning. Oh, ended up. Uh, well, all right. I guess I'll buy bathroom supplies and some cranberry juice and some yeah. uh, power bars. All right. I bought this wine and the Entertainment <laughs> Weekly Wonder Woman special, so I got great. a good deal. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh. So shall we dive into? Let's dive, in. let's yeah. dive into it. Okay, so let's talk first about Ryan Johnson. Um, so he shared a lot about how he approached writing the Last Jedi, and something that he shared was that he figured out um, how to do this by challenging all of the main characters. You know, let's see what happens if we knock the stool out from under them. In fact, he started by writing the names of each of the characters and thought, what could be the hardest thing that they could be faced with. I mean, I, when I was reading that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be dark for mm-hmm. our heroes. It's going yeah. to be grim. We're certainly going to see an arc of some sort. But I guess how how grim is someone going to die? Mm. Mm. I don't think of it as grim. I mm. think of it as uh, challenging. Okay. Right? I mean, like, like, I think Empire Strikes Back, I don't know if anybody uh, felt like the first time you see it, that it that you would call it grim. Mm. It's brutal. Yeah, like yeah. bad things happen to the characters. They get beat down, uh, and I think it's going to be more like Empire in that way. Of they are going to be so challenged, and they're going to be put through the ringer. But I think there's still going to be those moments where they rise to meet the challenge, or they try to yeah. rise to meet the challenge, yeah. and they don't quite have it. I hope so. I don't want it to be because they're going to have to have some sort of cliffhanger. I don't want it to be mm-hmm. everyone at the end is like still kind of flailing and struggling. I want to have at least some little triumph. For yeah, someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I what I I love hearing Ryan Johnson's writing process and creative process. He's such a creative guy, and and and, and him him we trust right now. However, I always talk about the influence of uh, you know Game of Thrones once it hit TV, Walking Dead, and all those kind of things. Where I don't, I definitely don't want this to be so dark where. You know, like like I said, like Empire, I think that's why people say, hey, that's the Empire of the trilogy. That was the, kind of the first one where the happy ending wasn't so happy, yeah. but I don't want it to be too far mm-hmm. where Poe's holding, you know, his severed arm and Finn's dead. I gotta, I, and I don't think, and obviously it won't go that far. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like, uh, I, I like the idea that he's saying about what would be the worst thing to happen to them. Right. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I we're, we're in tune to every episode of Game of Thrones has to end with someone we love dying. <laughs> you yeah. know, sometimes on, on Game of Thrones, sometimes on Walking Dead, other shows, sometimes it's earned and sometimes it's yes. we need to make the splash. Mm. And maybe even next episode we'll make up for it and make it make sense to the characters. The thing with Ryan Johnson, and we talked about this when people were doubting whether or not the trailer is accurate, is mm. right. know, we talked about, he started, we actually talked about, he starts from characters. And then this came out and he literally said, Mm-hmm. I wrote down the characters' names. Right. So I think starting from such a character perspective means that he wants to challenge the characters, mm-hmm. not right. the audience. Mm-hmm. So when you think about like Empire, Luke is certainly he's beat up, 
but he's challenged by the identity of his father. Right. Leia right. is challenged because she finally opened up and admitted she loved Han and then immediately lost him. Mm. So they're emotionally challenged, but they're left with, like, we still mm-hmm. have fight in us, and we're going to fight another day. Oh, that's a great point. Okay. I'm on board with that. Can yeah. you write this? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, I think to. you're right. That's a good way to say it, that... A lot of those shows don't earn it. When you were talking about they challenge, uh, challenge the audience, challenge the characters, and that—that's—that's that's what we need. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna hopefully get. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, maybe somebody will die. Yeah, maybe. But. I mean, again, I'm not opposed to Sorry, Jennifer, not opposed to death. Yeah, of a I character. Know, I know if it's earned. You're if right. it's earned, if I'm, it's I'm earned. not even opposed to Luke dying. Don't you know? say it. <laughs> don't say it. You can't. Uh, and, and and having to brace for impact a little bit with with. General Leia. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you, and a side mm. note, a side note, and I think you guys heard me, if you heard on Spotlight Star Wars recently, I know I talked about it on Jedi Council too, but the, that issue 14 of Poe Dameron, I'm telling you, it sets, it's, setting, it's setting the fans up. It's trying to cushion the blow. Really? Okay. It absolutely is. It's one of the best pieces of, of the new canon, I think, out there. Yeah. Over books, everything like that. It, it, uh, it was, for me, uh, just a great, great, uh, issue and it really, really focused on Leia saying, "I'm not going to be here forever. Uh, I'm not going to be here forever, Poe. And you're a leader." Okay. And he kept saying, "I'm a, I'm a fighter pilot. I'm a fighter pilot. I'm, I'm a grunt. Send me back into the mission." And she was like, "No, no, no, no. You're, you're, peop- you're a kind of person people are going to rally." Around yeah. and you're going to inspire, and I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah, that's a great setup yeah. of challenging the character. If he is supposed to lead, mm-hmm. he can't lead, and he gets people killed. Right. You know, that's a great dark, challenging yeah. thing. Mm. Yeah. Well, and we know, wow. God, we're jumping around, but we know, yes. we know, he, and we'll get to it later. But well, there's a new character revealed that's this Paige Tico character right. that, that he's training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, uh, that's the dead character. That's the dead character. I, I could totally see that as we're yeah. discussing it, yeah. I know. Because it's been very low publicized, and yeah, we're learning just more about Rose at this point. Right. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that, that could be interesting. Mm. Mm. This wine's taking me places. <laughs> I understand. It's great. It's good to be 40 years old, isn't it, Star Wars? <laughs> wine drinking age. Oh, well, another thing that he revealed, which got me very excited, right. uh, was that he shared that Luke has been living in this village among an indigenous <laughs> race of caretaker creatures. Which... I don't know why that entertains me. It tickles me so. Yeah. <laughs> it tickles me so. Yeah. Oh, my well, gosh. It's a great sudden reframing where we spend a lot of time talking about things. We've made eight million memes about Lonely Luke, right. the Twitter handle. Of, yeah. It's at Lonely Luke, this alone on an island. And, he, and, you know, we got that great question of somebody asks us, on Force Center, like, hey, do you think he uh, uses the Force to pull fish out of the ocean? How does he eat? And, like, some little creatures serve him, probably. He might be living a great life. I've been imagining this scenario, uh, and I know I mentioned it on Council, where, like, Luke has kind of gone Will Forte from Last Man on Earth crazy, (laughs) and he's just sitting there, and, like, Ray comes around the corner, and there's, like, a rock with kelp on it, and there's, like, sticks, and he's like, shh, Qui-Gon's talking. And, like, Ray just sees him (laughs) staring at, like, nothing, like, with, like, drawn on, like, Wilson or something. No, now he's got a you know a little group of uh, furry ugnots or something. I don't know. I'm picturing them as little furry yeah. creatures, even though they're not pets or creatures or anything. They're probably an, an alien race or species. But but the fact that they kind of called like caretaker creatures, I immediately thought that they were small. I assume yes. that they're maybe oh, like yes. gentle. They're probably yes. Maybe they are fighters, but also Ryan Johnson made it very clear they're not Ewoks. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> fine. Okay. <laughs> but there's some other adorable creature that I'm going to love. No, you. <laughs> Sorry. Could you imagine if Luke was like, "All right, I'm heading to to. I need some company. Hey, 
Boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. Wicked. You got like a yeah. group who wants to travel. Yeah. <laughs> send me your best. I need all your therapy Ewoks. Send me, send me son of Pop Loop. Yeah. Oh my, my whole gosh. Jedi Order got killed. I need 27 therapy Ewoks. <laughs> Stat. But I, good I, think, fishing, right? I think you're right, Jennifer. I picture them as ferrets and overalls. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, see, I, I think they're naked. You think For they're sure. naked, like mole rats, like the skin? Yeah, like- yeah adorable oh. mole rats. Okay. I think they're nude. Right. Because I think that they, we're going to want to go back to, this This is a planet that nobody even knows where yeah, it is. Can, it's the first Jedi temple. Right. Right? They're not like, they're not shopping at, you know, whatever the Star Wars equivalent of the Gap is, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe they have some rags, mm. like the Ewoks. Mm. What if they're E.T.'s? <gasps> oh, how many people would get mad in the theater? Every one of them, probably including me. But except for me, <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> I'm poor ET. I can see a little ET in the back of that uh, poster. Yeah. We're raising, raising the lightsaber, and then there's a little ET, and its fingers <laughs> pointing up. It's glowing. My one gosh. of them was like, uh, you know, I was there for the Senate vote. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Vote now. I vote raised now. my arm. I had no confidence in Chancellor <laughs> Valorum. <laughs> oh wow, this is uh, oh, already man. one of my. Favorite episodes oh, we've ever man. recorded. Yeah. Oh, but that that, is, that was a tantalizing tease. Uh, maybe yes. should we just get a little bit of grumpiness out of the way here? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, Jennifer, let's, is that okay? Yeah, can let's, can let's Joseph get grumpy? Here. And yeah, because yeah. usually I'm grumpy. the grumpy one. Yeah. Joseph has a lot of just he's a calm soul. Yes. <laughs> I showed up tonight. He was throwing things. I was setting up my gear. He was like, I need it. <laughs> That's gonna be the language of the creatures on Octo. <laughs> Cleaning up after. Luke, right, 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 right. No, no, no. It's just, you know, it's the acceptance of the age we live in. I'm so happy to be here in the midst of all of this information yeah, yeah. for Vanity Fair and discussing it all. But uh, my jaw kept falling more open as I read. I was just truly surprised by the amount of little details. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That it, I think this is definitely, uh, we're halfway to the, the Last Jedi, and this mm-hmm. is the part where the dam breaks. Yeah. And you can start easily putting together. Maybe we're right, maybe we're wrong, mm-hmm. but this is the part where, like, ah, Act 2 is coming into focus for me. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. you know, I think it's just, I don't even need to be grumpy. I think it's just, like, that the continuing acceptance of we live in a different world. Yeah. And I need to accept it. It's coming off of Twin Peaks, too, where David Lynch was huge mm-hmm. on, I don't want to reveal anything. anything. And Showtime, in an unprecedented way, is saying, sure, David Lynch, whatever you want. So we knew nothing. So mm. I just watched... Just, like just this past week, right? A show that means the world to me that I've known nothing about, haven't seen anything new from it in like you know years, decades, decades, literally decades, and knew nothing going in, and it is a different experience, right? It's Was not, it more fulfilling? Do you think it's just different? And mm. I don't like that. I don't. I yeah. just that we just don't have that choice in so much of our other media, and it was just a cool experience to to just know nothing and have yeah. so little preconceived notions. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't have the choice if you're recording this podcast or listening to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, my father's still surprised there's a sequel coming. He, they, they, <laughs> left, they left room at the end for another one. Yeah. Said. Uh, but I know what you mean. That's, that's, that, that's a quote, by the way. That's uh, a quote. That's I, think so I think they made it. They might, they might do another one. Oh, that's yep. great. Yep. It, nope. The whole saga ends with Luke just standing there staring at a girl. They found him. <laughs> yeah, they, they found him. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. He must save the galaxy. Uh, Um, I wondered, too, though, uh, I was just thinking, like, the Vanity Fair 99 with Phantom Menace. Yeah. I I don't remember walking away from that feeling, quote, spoiled. Spoiled was also a term not used as much back then, Mm -hmm. if at all. So I wonder if 
what you're feeling and what, what I am feeling too. I am uh, just maybe grumpy, a little less grumpy than you, but grumpy, <laughs> um, is that uh, we know what's about to also just come down that mountain. Yeah. So these pictures are, are the first, like you said, the floodgates could open. And yeah. I, I wonder if I fear what's next. Yeah. You know, does next week Entertainment Weekly is like, well, we also got this picture. Here's Snoke at a dance club. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of feel like Ryan Johnson could open the door to this apartment and he might just say, like, well, here's everything about The Last Jedi. And I would still go see it and mm. I would still enjoy it. And it's sure. valid. It's just the, me trying to accept that we live in a different world so I yeah. don't have to say this every episode. <laughs> I know. So I don't feel I personally compelled to say this every episode. Yeah, I know. But I should let it go. I know. I know. I'm, I'm trying to work through it, too. Yeah. With you. I wish I lived in a world when I couldn't. I, not just professionally, but just uh, yeah. trailers weren't the big thing that they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes. Jennifer, are we too grumpy about this? No. And I think part of the problem is, is that you get one piece of this puzzle and whether we have all the other pieces, people are going to speculate and we'll see it on Facebook and on Twitter mm-hmm. and on YouTube. And we'll hear it from our friends of people trying to put together this puzzle and, you know, sometimes people are right. Yeah. We might even start putting together this puzzle. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, that's the thing is the I second mean, is the second the information enters our brains, we yeah. start constructing a puzzle. And I think that's the big thing is like, that's fine. There's there is nothing wrong with that. It is a way to enjoy right. stories, mm-hmm. to have anticipation, build it up as a puzzle. But it's nice to also just not look at something as a puzzle and just be presented with something. Mm-hmm. And like you don't have any of the pieces, so you can't start putting them together. So it's an right. entirely different experience. Right. It's like almost a little exhausting. So yeah. that by the time that you get to the movie theater, you're kind of exhausted from all the speculation and rumors and theories. And it's like, okay, I just want to enjoy the movie. And you already yeah. know, oh, this is where the little creatures are going to come and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Where it's like, how cool would that have been if we're like, whoa, yeah. there's creatures living on, on this island. There's Luke. Pants ferret. <laughs> yeah. Ferret's wearing overalls. Yeah. Like getting that reveal for the first time. Yeah, yeah and now game. we're going to be like, well, are they clothed or not? That's what we've been debating for six months. <laughs> right. They are. They are clothed. They are clothed. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, my grumpiness is officially out. And listeners, thanks for putting up with it. I'm going to try to keep dialing it down because it's just the world we live in. Yeah. But I need to acknowledge it one last time, maybe. Absolutely. I have uh, bad news because this next part is like a real, it's go. a real big no, piece let's of go in. information. Let's go all in now. Let's speculate, shall we? Yeah. Uh, so Ryan Johnson also said that don't focus too much on that this is going to be like Empire Strikes Back in that Luke mm-hmm. is going to be training Rey. Um, he said that there is a training element to it, but it's mm-hmm. not exactly what you would expect. Good. Okay. Good. So then I was like, what whoa, what does that mean? Mm. Does that mean that Luke does not want to train her and someone else trains her? Something else trains her? Mm. That's when I started okay. speculating. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's maybe an element of like Yoda trained Luke, but begrudgingly because he's afraid Luke was too much like his father and didn't want right. to miss, you know, make repeat the mistakes of the Jedi Order. Right. So maybe it's flipped a little bit where Luke's like, sure, I'll train you. Damn, you are powerful. You know what? Take my old lightsaber, take my dad's old lightsaber it's yours now Mm. i'm staying here with my furry creatures who cook and clean for me (laughs) you go save the galaxy and from her perspective it's like great train me but Mm. i can't do this alone because then you actually get some like rhythms of obi-wan and luke from a new hope yeah Uh where obi-wan sort of manipulates luke into like you have to take the mantle now right so maybe it's Mm. a little bit more of that relationship where it's he's training her sure but he doesn't want to leave Ah, that, like that that'd be that'd be a good wrinkle. Um, I, I definitely think we're gonna get him basically saying, "I don't want to do this up top." And, I mean, that, yeah. that teaser makes you think that too. In, right. in this comment, but yeah, I guess it's the end result. And how long? 
you know, that's where is she going to spend the entire movie on this on this planet? No, no. Right. but also maybe. <laughs> I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what if Ryan Johnson's like? What's the one thing I could put in front of Ray? She's stuck on another planet oh. and can't. Oh, <laughs> that would be terrible. God. Waiting for something that looks like, uh, hey, sit here for a second. I'll be back. Yeah. Well, maybe he's just a real jerk about it and says you have to pass these specific Jedi tests, and then I'll tell you who your parents are. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to give you. Five Jedi skills. Number yeah. three will surprise you. And then. <laughs> yes, he's going to listicle yeah. her. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Well, I, uh, we guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I'm so curious about this Luke we're getting, though. Yeah. So curious about this Luke. Right? I'm so excited to see Mark Hamill in this in this uh, different type of Luke role. Uh, I'm yeah. excited to see Mark Hamill on the press lines. Uh, oh. Uh, he's he's speaking, speaking to Grumpy. Yeah, oh, he's he's sharing his opinion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love we'll it. Get to that later. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Um, so let's see what what are we talking about next? Oh yes, Ryan Johnson. You know, I, I'm so impressed with his attention to detail, um, which is what they were kind of the reporter was sharing in this Vanity Fair article. So even though Ryan Johnson has never overseen a film with a budget over $30 million, uh, Vanity Fair reports that the director showed no signs of being overwhelmed at a post-production meeting. As he and the visual effects team were reviewing some of the scenes from The Last Jedi, Johnson noticed uh, some schmutz on the StarCraft window that Hux was looking out of. So he asked the team... Does the First Order not keep its windows clean? Did you guys play it that way before? <laughs> and he asked it seriously, not like, right, you know, right. I, I yeah. just think that like that eye for detail, to me, it shows that he's like truly at ease at the helm of this gigantic franchise, mm-hmm. uh, confident. And I'm like, how is that going to translate into the film? And, and no disrespect to Gareth Edwards. I feel like Gareth Edwards, there was just so many moving parts. There was so yeah. much, a different type of pressure on him because it was a standalone film. And I think that, that that kind of translated a little bit into the film that we got, which was a wonderful film. Yeah. But there was a lot of cooks in that kitchen. Yeah. A ton of cooks, yeah. This, we know Ryan Too Johnson is the cooks. only writer. Yes. <laughs> this is his vision. It's his vision. Yeah. He knows exactly what yeah. he wants. So I yeah. think it, when he has figured out the absolute bones of the thing, mm-hmm. then, you know, and I, this is coming from doing writing and directing stuff, uh, you know, myself not movies, but more theater stuff, uh, that if you know the bones, then you have time to worry about what it looks like on the outside. See, that's exactly it. Whereas I think Mm -hmm. with Gareth Edwards, it was clearly a process of like, let's get in there. Ah, there's a femur coming out of that guy's eye. That looks cool. Maybe it'll work. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't mean that as a criticism. I think it is two different ways of working. Of let's get in there and let's yeah, figure yeah, it out. Right. And we we know we'll get so much good stuff that we'll be able to put something together that that works. And yeah. he did. Uh, but I think Ryan Johnson is that. Like it, anybody who comes to me with a question about why does Ray feel this? Why does Ray say this? It's never going to be. I thought that line was cool. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be. I know exactly yeah. what she's feeling, and I know how it connects to the larger theme. Mm. Yeah. Then you got time to worry about the windows. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, mm. I think. Well that, said. Yeah. Oof, this is going to be a spectacular film for for that reason, like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he just seems like that kind of guy. That that kind of uh, auteur type, old yes. school type. I mean, uh, the world he created in Looper and all that kind yeah. of stuff. This is what I. I think we're all excited to see what he can do and, and make some of these choices, whether, you know, characters, uh, choices we would think they would make or not. And yeah. have that all have, I, and it's not a power. It's, it's a vision that I like so far. Yeah. And that, and that vision includes clean windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it shows that he's collaborative to say like, 
how did you guys play this in the first? Right. It was Were they clean? Right. And then Rex or uh, Hux can yell, yes! <laughs> <laughs> they were clean! These windows on which we clean! <laughs> <laughs> I would have actually liked to see Hux kind of just like, you know, wipe that smudge with his finger. Yeah. Ren, <laughs> this is your fault. Oh, very dramatic. Um, mm. So speaking of cr- creativ- creativity and collaboration, Ryan Johnson had a lot of creative freedom when it came to writing this story. He said that if anything, he wanted more of a give and take with the Lucasfilm team. (laughs) So we actually moved up to San Francisco for about six weeks during his writing process and met Mm. uh, with the full story group twice a week. I love this bit of info because I think that a lot of people think that the story group is like this big brother, like imposing all these rules yeah. and, you know. I don't know what would make people think that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he's, as he said, he's like, I had total freedom. Yeah. You know, J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan, uh, they they set up the story and then they told me basically to run with this for The Last Jedi. Yeah, I feel like we've been getting different mixed messages, or maybe I've been reading into things, mm. about how planned the trilogy was. Like, it seems like Mm -hmm. other times they've talked a little bit Mm -hmm. more about, like, well, you know, J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan and Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson all got together and Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of uh, Colin Trevorrow Trevorrow. and had it a little bit, but it seems like maybe only the huge broad strokes were. That's what I'm starting to think more and more. I got the sense of, you know, that J.J. was, I'm going to direct the first one, help build this, rebuild this universe. Except her role, I'll be on set, I'll check on things, you know, kind of, I'm going to shepherd this. Um, dare I say, he's a, a, a Kevin Feige of this, you know. Mm. Yeah. Which is not taking away any power from Kathleen Kennedy or any of that kind of stuff in the story group everything. But that's what, from the outset, maybe it's just something as a as a film pundit, a movie news pundit that I'm used to thinking now. Like, oh, cool, Jeff John, DC's got Jeff Johns now. He's going to do what Feige does for this. Uh, Universal's got their dark universe. Who's going to run that? And and it does, you know, Marvel's done such a great job that I thought that's what we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't talk about it yet, but oh, wow. I I was shocked. Uh, someone I know is, is 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 writing for Star Wars, and and that's 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 all I can really say. But um, there's something that I was like, cool. So how did you come? Did they tell you what to do with this character? And she was like, no. I, I, I'm making it all up, and I'm floored by that in a yeah. great way. Because mm-hmm. number one, I love what this person's going to probably do. I trust what Ryan Johnson's going to do. I hope I love safety not guaranteed. I hope I trust what Colin Trevorrow's going to do, despite Jurassic World maybe being big, too not good enough for some people or popcorny for others. Others, but you know what I mean. Like I, I'm shocked that that's that's the image to all of us is you got Abrams, Kasdan, Kathleen Kennedy, and then you got Story Group, Kerry Hart, Pablo Dago, Leland She, everyone sitting in a room, and you shall write this, and this is this, and you shall write that. But you got <laughs> I'm picturing it as the Jedi Council now, and Ryan Johnson's <laughs> yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Like, I hope they don't sense fear. Yeah, in this. so it, it but more, it's not that. More and more hearing that no, no, this is just there's we're letting and it's a cool thing because you're letting creativity into it. Yeah. Yeah. But it could be dangerous. Yeah. Well, I feel like what they, uh, what Pablo Hidalgo has said uh, on Twitter a couple times is maybe uh, much uh, more true than we thought of the canon is there to protect what already exists. Mm-hmm. And so they're yeah. not prescribing what that's should true. exist. Right. So I think that's where they're coming in and saying like, well, if you're going to crash a starship on Jakku, uh, we already got one. Yeah. That should be crashed there. So let's just put those th- two things together. Yeah. Uh, and like, well, if you're going to have a war here, the Mandalorian's 
planet is right next door, so maybe the Mandalorians would be there too. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're doing that rather than... That makes sense. We've preconceived what things will be happening. Yeah. Um, well, it's like even uh, the great Pablo Dalgo himself has said several times that um, Legends doesn't necessarily mean it's never going to be canon. It's just not canon yet. So yeah. that can that might be type of thing. If, if Ryan Johnson says, I want to do this, they're like, click through the files and, hey, we got this. Yeah. Why don't you use that? I like that. And then you let these... People, uh, these artists create uh, the new canon going forward. These new characters, yeah, a lot seems, of trust. It's a lot yeah. of trust. Yeah, and that seems like like it's another good sign to me that he's like, I want to move up to San Francisco so I can twice a week go like, Hey, I wanted to have this kind of planet. You yeah. got one of those? <laughs> and they can be like, Sure, or Nope. And he's like, Good meeting. Bye. I'll make right. it up. It's like the Star Wars equipment room. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check the files. All right, you can rent this one out for one movie. <laughs> Uh, we don't it's have any weird furry yeah. Jedi serving creatures, so I guess you <laughs> can make up the furry ancient Jedi serving creatures. That's fine. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. fascinating. Gosh. I guess, I, you know, I guess you know, as fans, maybe we're just, we grew up with one guy in a flannel shirt doing all this. And mm-hmm. so it's it's sometimes weird for me to think that, uh, you know, other people can make these decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's dive into the characters. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Okay. So first up. Laura Dern as Vice Admiral Holdo. <laughs> Admiral a- Amelin? I think it's Amelin. Amelin? That's how I heard, um, I think, on the um, Star Wars Amelin. show, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that name. Um, yep, I'm going to name my cat that. I don't have a cat yet, but I'm going to name Amelin. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to name somebody else's baby that. Amelin <laughs> Holdo. She's a high-ranking... <laughs> what are you doing here in the hospital? I'm trying to name I this just, child. Look. Somebody's going to name it Kylo if I'm not here. <laughs> Bestowing this name upon your child. Uh, she's a high-ranking officer in the Resistance, mm-hmm. and her magenta hair has to do with her cultural background. Interesting. Nice. She's so? human, by the way. She okay. Is, she's, she's, a, she's human. She's a human. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, interesting. Yeah, that's what Pablo hmm. Hidalgo said. It's related to her cultural background. Okay, so that's okay. like an example of where Ryan Johnson would have gone to this meeting and said, do you have any purple-haired cultures? Oh, sure. And they're like, no, make up a purple-haired culture. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love like that. It. Yeah, what I found interesting is that her her outfit, mm-hmm. that dress, yeah. is stunning. Mm-hmm. But it's almost too glamorous. I feel to be a part of the resistance. Oh, I I take it. I took it once we found out who the character was, and I was surprised. But I saw the name and said Vice Admiral. I saw the same. Like, well, where's her combat boots? What's going on? <laughs> but then you put some of the stuff together of the casino, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I think this could factor into that, or yeah. or the high because Johnson talking about seeing the upper crust a little bit, this could be something to do with the politics of the resistance mm, or something. Absolutely. Yes, she yes. could be like brand new to the resistance because mm-hmm. if it was this like small group that Leia started stubbornly mm-hmm. and nobody else was on board. Oh, and yeah. then the people who survived who weren't in the entire Hosnian prime system yeah. were like, you know right. what? You're right. <laughs> well, that we think about it. All, all of our <laughs> purple haired people are now in the resistance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and I like this reveal. I like that. You know, we I always talk about Star Wars names, like Cassie Nandor, Jyn or so. Yeah, I love those names. Those are Star Wars names. This is a, this is a Star Wars name to me. Oh, Holdo absolutely. is pretty dang. Yeah, yeah. 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 Amalyn Holdo. It's a great name. Oh, so great. Yeah. She looks like such a powerful character. So I'm excited. I am looking forward to seeing her on screen for up to two minutes. I... I, you know what? I, and I'm telling. You, I don't think you, you're wrong. I think I think that's still kind of what I'm bracing for impact yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if she, when I found out she was a resistance 
leader. Yeah. And that's that was something going into this movie. They planned they could not foresee the unfortunate tragedy that happened with Carrie Fisher. But if she's a leader of any kind, and then in nine, oh, and Poe yeah. Dameron's coming up, and she's coming up, and then we have another, you know, uh, a strong character at the top of the chain there. That yeah, could be good. That's very interesting. Because we know Laura Dern can pull that off. Oh, my yeah. goodness, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, somebody that we know is going to only have one scene is Benicio Del Toro <laughs> as a DJ, which is his unofficial name. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. DJ is Great a... Great Star Wars name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, hey, DJ. <laughs> uh, DJ is a shady character who is unnamed in the film. Yeah, why, right. Yeah. yeah. He's only going to have one scene. Um, but he's called DJ by the filmmakers. Yeah. In the photo that they have in the Vanity Fair spread, he looks like he's in a workshop or a factory of some mm-hmm. sort. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. maybe the DJ comes from like the the music that his tools and equipment make. <laughs> okay. That <laughs> is DJ. that is that is beautiful, Jennifer. Oh, right. That is some poetry you've created. He there. plays the hollow spanners. Yeah. The hydro spanners. Yeah. yeah. He's he like plays turning the hydro this thing spanners. on, turning yeah. that thing on. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> wow. Uh, our listener and the, the gentleman who made a, our nice logo, Brian Ward, tweeted yes. at us uh, just before we started broadcasting yeah. with a, a good notice that one of the big pieces of equipment behind him in that photo looks like the collection of screens that Ray uses on Han's ship, the Irvana, yeah. to defeat the Rathars. Yeah. Oh, wow. It, it may, yeah, it looks almost exactly like it. Yeah. So it, that Good could just eye. be like, oh, that yeah, it's a, a great catch. And that could be just like, hey, that's equipment that's on ships. Yeah. Because, you know, that's like saying like, I spotted Ken. He is riding in a car with a wheel. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm could not be. making fun of Brian because it's a great catch. Yeah. So it could just be like, that's equipment. Or it could be like, is he on the Irvana for some reason? Is he on mm. Han's old abandoned ship for some uh. reason? Oh, I mean, Han did say we used to have a larger crew. Yeah. Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah. We don't know where his allegiance lies. Yeah. We don't know if he can be trustworthy. I mean, it's not that I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I'm like, I don't want to get too excited because we know he's not going to be in the film very yeah. much. Yeah. 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 All right. But let's get into it. All yeah. right. All right. All right. Let's get into that. DJ. Internet speculation. Putting on DJ. Yeah. Dark, uh, Dark Jedi. Dark Jedi. Mm, that seems too cutesy yeah. for the way Lucasfilm. I think that that was, uh, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, ah, ooh. I made those actual noises like I was seeing fireworks. Sure. Oh. Um, but I don't think it's, it, it just seems way too cutesy for the way Lucasfilm has been right. unrolling things. I agree. That seems like, unless, unless it's a practical joke from Ryan Johnson to F with Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter. <laughs> That's the only way it makes sense to me. Like, let's set up this person to be abused with weird dark Jedi theories. Otherwise, it seems like, yeah, maybe he's got some sort of music thing or maybe he did something, I, I, you know, just in his performance. I was like, he's a DJ. Yeah. I think Pablo Hidalgo actually said in the, the Vanity Fair article, he's like, oh, you'll know why we called him DJ once you see the film. Yeah, once okay. you see it. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's so Ezra. So it's a red lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Dumb. As someone um, I've been speculating the whole Ezra yeah, thing. Yeah. The Ezra thing. That's what yeah. we're going to go next. Is yeah. that a scar or a shadow, Joseph or Jennifer? Uh, what is it? A scar? It looks like a scar. <laughs> if you pick it, if you move, zoom in. Yeah. It's a scar. It's, just, it's a pileup of coincidences. Yeah, I don't Coincidences. Think he's, yeah, he's got a scar. He's on a ship. Huh. He's <laughs> Ezra and Han's son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think it is... Uh, if it's if it's Ezra, it's it's two percent chance and fallen. If you're putting a bet, for yeah, me. yeah, uh, just like uh, uh, Phasma being 
uh, uh, Sindel. Yeah. You know. And I believe uh, Pablo Hidalgo was tweeting, like, sometimes characters are just characters, which maybe he's just yes. being being grumpy. But it feels a little bit to me like uh, we could, could keep speculating that he is a known character, but it also is interesting speculation to me of what does DJ mean if it does mean a traditional music thing like you're saying, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also for Star Wars to say he's unnamed in this the movie. Film, yeah. Like, yeah. it's not 1977. Those kind British people who were putzing around and going, I, I don't know, walrus man. Mm-hmm. They didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And these people know exactly what they're doing. Like, Yes. We, there's going to be a Benicio Del Toro action figure. Yes. If he's right. in the film for a millisecond, there'll be yeah. an action figure. Better be. And what are they going to call him? Just meh. DJ quotation Yeah, we marks. don't know. Like, what, So what's yeah. all that about? Yeah. What's this about? What this, uh, well, You're right. And that is why, look, I, I agree. I think, I think Snoke is Snoke. I think yeah. uh, we're getting to that point. I think Ray might be either who we think she is all along or might be something totally different. Um, I go back to Lor Santeca when we thought, oh, Max von Sydow, he's playing this character. It's clearly old Boba Fett, right? That's what we heard. <laughs> yeah. He's this, he's that, and at the end of the day, he was Lor Santeca, a character that, you know, I think we still might find more about, and what we know of him already is an interesting new addition, so it makes me, for this time around, because I got caught up in that and going into Seven, this time around, I am I, I am more into the, sometimes the character is just a character line of thinking, because then it's another cool character. Right. I don't think I always need everything, because Ray and her parents are, is a reveal we're going to get, and, 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 and Snoke naturally is set up as... The character reveal we're going to get. I think I'm, I and other people are just now conditioned to everyone has to be someone else. And but all that to say, Joseph, you're right. There's no more hammerheads. There's yeah. No more imperial dignitaries. <laughs> uh, then that you're now inviting us to be suspicious. Mm. Yeah. Of saying who or what is that? Yes. Right. Yes. I want it to just be music based because that sounds brave and bold. <laughs> I love, yeah. I mean, they go to a rave. They go to, I mean, they're going to a casino. Somebody's got to be running the music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Spinning the holodiscs. Yeah. That's making the, the awesome data tape mixes. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I think people would be upset. Mm, I, so. I would, and I'd be thrilled. But <laughs> bottom line is uh, I think Benicio looks great. He fits in this universe. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Look at it he looks like picture. one of those Heineken ads he oh, has. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does look like the most interesting man in the yeah. galaxy for sure. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Leaning back. Uh, let's, let's, oh, go. I guess we kind of talked about uh, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico. Yeah. Um, so, oh, this is a fun fact. <laughs> Another spoiler, perhaps. We learned that her and Finn go on an undercover mission yep. behind enemy lines that takes them to the Canto Bite Casino. Ooh. Bite? Is that yeah. yeah. I keep wanting to say Canto Bright. That's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really, I mean, we're going to talk about that in a minute, the Canto Bite Casino, but yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because both uh, John Boyega and Kelly, Matran, Kelly Marie Tran are have a really great sense of comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think even Ryan Johnson was talking about how they're going to be like more, uh, well, the casino is kind of like a James Bond-esque mm-hmm. style. Nice. So I think it's going to be a fun little adventure, bring some levity to the film, yeah. some humor. Mm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. If they have to be undercover in a casino and Finn is still unsure and not very worldly, mm-hmm. and Kelly Marie Tran is like, no, that's not how you bet. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. That could be really funny. And she's a you know, maintenance worker turned into the, the center of the story here. Yeah. I like that. It's one of those things that <clears throat> I kind of heard some of the stuff 
Finn going undercover. Yeah. Stuff uh, something about the Star Destroyer. I don't I don't wanna get too much into it. But mm. um so I'm a little bummed that now I know. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh back to the grumpy, but we're leaving the grumpy behind, Joseph. We're doing our right? best. Um but I I don't know if, if we want. I want to talk a little bit about Rose, I guess. But uh, I, the, I, I am all on board for this casino. I am so excited. Joseph and I have already texted each other like future data bank brawls are going to happen at this casino. Oh, yeah. So many are going to happen at the casino. Yeah. It's going to be the new cantina. It's like, really oh, we can't get away from this. And place. I loved how Ryan explained it. Like, we're not going to go to some dusty, sandy world. We've done that. We, you know, still might get some of that, but. Let's go see the upper crust rich assholes of the galaxy and how they are. And yeah. I like that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and that really fills out the picture of the story of the uh, socio-political environment mm-hmm. of Star Wars. Where, yeah. you know, who wants to pretend that there's no problem and that there's nothing that needs to be addressed? Rich people. Yeah. Right? They don't want any disruption to the order. Those yeah. are all the people in the, that casino are the people who told Leia, oh, God. Just be quiet about problems or yeah. war because you, we don't want you to screw up the money we're making, and we yeah. don't want anybody to really pay attention how you know normal people can't be here at yeah. Canto Bite. <laughs> yeah, Canto Bite is for us, and yeah. if you kick up another war, you crazy old lady, it will eat into our profit and our lifestyle. Yeah, yeah that's great. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Also, Canto Bright is Rainbow Bright's cousin. <laughs> you know, that's, I think, why I was yeah. thinking that. Yeah. Oh, guy, I love that. Um, so, oh, <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm going to mention this, too. Yeah. So what's interesting is we kind of touched on it. Paige Tico is yeah. Rose's sister. Yeah. yeah. And Paige is uh, played by Veronica, um, excuse me, well, it, 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 and NGO, and so NGO. you might say, might, but here, I had an employee who worked for me for years, and I was like, hey, Jonathan, what, how do I say your last name? He's like, NGO. And okay. I'm like, not like this and this, NGO. So that could be him and his family, but uh-huh. I, I will say NGO because that's what he, he told me to say. Oh, okay. So okay, that's NGO. not his sister, though, so I don't know. Sure. And Jonathan, <laughs> if you're listening, sorry, I fired you. So, <laughs> oh, In God. vino veritas. Oh. Uh, so Paige is a gunner for the resistance. But I find it interesting. We'll be yeah. briefly before she dies. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, why would they have two sisters in the... Oh, that's going to be oh. the reason why. Oh, yeah. We, especially because it hasn't really been mentioned till now. Exactly. Um, it's a, I believe she's a Vietnamese actress and yes. everything. And I think of, as, as you correctly should be, like highlighting some of these cool, diverse hi- uh, hirings and castings that, that didn't come up. And not that they need to brag about it, but, you know, just no. it would have been like in the conversation, like, hey, and... and Kelly Mutran and this person. And the fact that it's just like all of a sudden, like the little sentence, like, oh, there's also this, uh, yeah, she'll be there. <laughs> just, yeah, why did why did they mention this? Because in my opinion, it is such a big kind of like it's a, spoiler yeah, yeah. in some well, sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it is just a matter of we all have a little bit of a warped perception because we live inside the Star Wars bubble, as mm-hmm. uh, Ken has so accurately described it. And for most people, they'll be like, look at that amazing picture of Mark Hamill and Gary Fisher. I'll buy that Vanity Fair. Right. Maybe they'll even hang it on their wall and like the vast majority, the, the real population isn't pouring through it and being <laughs> yeah. a grump like me and going like, okay, well, yep, we were right. Uh, Benicio Del Toro is a scummy guy that they're going to need something from. So they're just right. going to pick something up from two minutes. Oh, yeah, of course, Laura Dern, they cast her to type. She's going to be a regal character. Of yeah. course, maybe a commander yeah. like Leia. Oh, of course, uh, the sister's going to be dying because we know that Rose is going on a journey and she's going to decide whether or not she wants to be a hero. Well, what's going to motivate her? Oh, when her sister blows up. That will also motivate Poe to want to be a leader because we know from that comic book that he's resistant to <laughs> being a leader and he was training his sister. So if she dies, that's two <laughs> motivations in one place and just like bim wow. bam boom bam boom it's Sir, just like for us i'm gonna have to ask you to leave the bookstore <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, and that's the last Jedi credits roll. <laughs> I could be but, wrong about all yeah. of that. No, you're so but right. The, and I hope pieces fit together. Yeah. I would love to be wrong. Yeah. The pieces might fit together in a different way. Yeah, hope you are. But those pieces do fit together in that way. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. That's Very well. There's only so many times and so many ways you can save the cat. Yeah, mm. exactly. Right, exactly. Well, let's talk about Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma without the helmet. Yeah. Oh, she looked so cool. She's yeah. just yeah. a phenomenal actress. Even in the photos, you know, she's just like emanating this like cool badassery. She's amazing. She's I've amazing. had the pleasure of standing next to her at a oh. convention. I was working with uh, Screen Junkies. So, oh, nice. And like she's just, she is just luminous. She's great. And that yes. smile and laugh is always present. Oh. Always present. She just seems to have having a really great time doing all this stuff and, oh, and so just cool. destroying as she's doing it, you know, just yeah. just owning everything, and which is why we're also, all of us were a little, you know, disappointed that Phasma was what we got in, in episode seven. Yeah. yeah. But again, I go back to the point that they didn't know, much like, you know, maybe Maul, well, probably similar to Maul, Maul or Boba Fett, but, I, you know, they put her in there, like, cool, we got this character, and, oh, everyone loves the chrome, oh, great, oh, we didn't do much with her, we'll do it next time. Yeah. I think that's what happened. Yeah, there's only so much room, and background characters are going to look cool, Yeah, and sometimes they become more. Yeah. Right. What I thought was really cool was this this new weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the weapon doesn't have a name yet, but it's basically a retractable pole arm that collapses into a smaller, easy-to-carry form. The weapon also has a strong connection to Phasma's History, which will be explained in a Marvel comic book series this September. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. right. what's also interesting is that Pablo Hidalgo shared that it wasn't until recently that they decided to commit to the idea that yes, she is a human underneath that armor. But hmm. I guess my thing is, is how much are we going to see her on screen? Since we are going to be seeing much more of her in mm-hmm. the books and the comic books. And yeah, I think that she's going to have a good scene because if you go back to Ryan Johnson's character list. Mm-hmm. What is going to challenge Finn? Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Well, the person who raised him mm-hmm. to an extent and trained him, and the you know who in the first order can he disappoint the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can disappoint Phasma. Well, yeah, so she can get under his skin. She wants she wants to kick his ass, right. and she can get under his skin. So I think that there'll be a confrontation between the two of them. I hope so. Absolutely. Absolutely. looks great. That yeah. weapon looks great. Sounds like a collapsible baton type of situation, but on a larger scale. Interesting that it ties into, I did not know, I had not uh, heard that part that ties into something in her past. So go out and buy the books and the comics. Yeah. She's got a lot, got a lot of phasma on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, she's great. Good to see her without the mask. I, and I hope the mask goes back on, too, in the movie because it's a great mask. But, yeah, to see her, you know, I want to see, see her in the movie, too, with, with her, uh, with her not, not smiling, just kind of growling her way yeah. through the movie. Maybe that's what this is about from the First Order's perspective. Maybe Snoke decided, you know what doomed the Empire? Masks. masks. <laughs> you can't see well enough. Everybody lose the masks, lose the helmets. This is all naked face first order now. Naked naked face order. Love it. Oh, man. Well, we kind of already touched on the Canto Bike Casino, as you you guys said. It was basically an upscale version of the Moss Eisley Cantina. And as we saw in the Vanity Fair photos, I mean, those creatures looked just so, it was so exciting to see those funky looking faces absolutely oh, yeah some big old weirdos in oh, there yeah i yeah. love it uh, yeah i love i i do like this new tradition now where the new movie is coming out and we get a you know a spread of the weirdos and you get to pick your weirdo yeah and yeah. wait and get to find out what the weirdo's name is yeah. <laughs> will they make an action figure of my weirdo oh, i hope yeah. so oh. and, and, and what do you feel joseph jennifer too here uh, about the the this kind of popped up on twitter again uh, this week of uh, cool bunch of new characters. Where's the people characters? Where's the Rodians? Where's the uh, 
weak ways. Where 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 are these people? Yeah, I am grumpy about that. Oh okay. really? Yeah, oh. yeah. I think it's partially because it's uh, it was so developed in the Clone Wars in particular that these a lot of the species that we saw they're not just random uh, gangsters in Jabba's palace. They are the movers and shakers. They live on the core world. Mm. So why are they not popping up? Mm. Um, and it's one of those things like I yeah. can just let it go because the answer is movie magic and people want to design new creatures and want to have new thrills. Yeah. I know that's probably the answer. Part of the fun, yeah. But I would love to see a, a few more legacy creatures. I'm sure we'll see some. I think so. Yeah. I think that they just maybe want to mm. highlight the the new faces, if you will. Yeah. But I hope so. But man, if there was a yeah. Rodian in a little space tuxedo in that shot, I'd be so <gasps> oh damn gosh, happy. Yeah. That I could get down for. Yeah. Actually, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Ah, I, th- I think you're right. I think there will be. But I, I understand to me, it's just like the thought I have. And I had it too with that shot of Maz Kanata's castle. Mm. And that was in the in the last yeah. Vanity Fair with some great stuff. And I love it. Look, looks like Star Wars. It's awesome. But it was like, so we just, are there just how many species are in the galaxy? Total, yeah. And it's, look, you could say infinitely, uh, there's an infinite number, but uh, at some point, it's okay to circle back to some things we know. And in the books, they use species we know a lot in the books, and also the comics, I think. Yeah. You you can back me up whether I'm full of crap or not, but yeah. So, like, in that part of the galaxy uh, of Star Wars, we're seeing some of our, you know, we got Drazillians showing up and things like that. Yeah. Aqualish. Anyway. Let's talk about uh, Mark Hamill. You know, as we were saying earlier, he's really kind of uh, just not doesn't care, but like, mm-hmm. he's he's being bold and speaking his mind. Yeah. And I liked that he, well, he talked about, you know, being on a diet and how he likes to watch <laughs> Turner classic movies and polish off a box of wheat thins. I can identify with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the most interesting tidbit was his idea of how Luke should have first appeared in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And basically he was like, you know, Leia should have, tried to contact him and then they would all go meet there. And so that Leia and Luke would have witnessed Han's death. And that would have been a little bit more meaningful as opposed to Ray and Finn mm-hmm. witnessing who, you know, they didn't even know Han Solo yeah. for very long. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that he, that he decided to share this. He was pretty adamant. He's like, I think that this would have been the best way for my character yeah. to have been introduced, but I still like the way that it came together. Of course. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm I'm with him, and and also love how it. I mean, I've told you guys I love that ending, and it was a brave choice. And every time I watch Force Awakens, I get emotional at the end with Ray. I love it. It's a part of my one of my favorite sequences in Star Wars. But yes, like one more time, the big three on screen, and Han's death, despite Joseph's excellent counseling, <laughs> still doesn't resonate with me as much as I would have wanted it. And might have been because we didn't, you know, other than Chewie, and then Chewie didn't get to hug anybody. So you know. <laughs> Um, which JJ has apologized for, which he didn't have to, of course. But um, yeah, so I, I, I like it. I, I don't know. Mark Hamill is just a fascinating character to me. He's just so I love that uh, he's back in the spotlight again after years of you know being a well-respected voiceover guy, but always just kind of like oh the guy from Star Wars and went on to this voiceover career, and some people like him. I was like, nah, now he's back in the. Uh, limelight again and he's just so great you watch uh, those 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 panels that he's on yeah. he's just such a showman yeah. so i like it it's just to me it's part of uh who he's you know he's he's got thoughts on these characters he did back going into jedi yeah right. you know i want him to have scars and earrings <laughs> and everything so it's no different mm. it's just on a bigger scale that he's saying this stuff yeah right. and i think that i i know i think he said this basically verbatim at an in an interview at, at uh, star wars celebration mm-hmm. I think he did a very too. similar thing mm-hmm. yeah and in that one and i think in this he ends with 
But, you know, what they did ended up working, too, and I wasn't even sure if it would work. And then, yeah. you know, it was really powerful for people when I was just standing there. It's like, really? I'm just going to stand there and turn around? And then, like, when he sees it, it's about... Uh, mm. To me, he comes off as, I think, what he always uh, says himself that he is, is a, a an actor mm-hmm. and a giant nerd. Mm. Yeah. Of all the many things that Mark Hamill has done in his life and his career, he's ne- I've never seen an interview where he's like, but I really want to direct. I want yeah. to be behind the camera. I want to be a creator. He's a player. He yeah. like, I mean, like not not a player, not a player, <laughs> not, not like Lando Calrissian player. Yeah. But like, he wants to talk to people about their toy collections, and yeah. he wants to go and perform the thing. So uh, to me, yeah. this feels like an actor going. You know what would have been cool? Yeah, and I, I can, I, and it does make sense in a lot of ways. But I think when the Last Jedi comes out, and everything pays off from the way the Force Awakens third act was constructed, yeah, that we're gonna. I'll be happy that it's the way it was. Mm. I, I already kind of, I'm going in like great Mark, but I want to see what Ryan's got for you. Cause I, yeah. I love the idea in it. And that we've talked before, but grumpy Luke fits in with our show for sure. Joseph, but um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I wanted that moment too, of the lightsaber going into his hand. Yeah. And force awakens. I'm glad it didn't happen, but yeah, yeah it, it's just, it's so interesting cause it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up in big spots. This isn't TMZ getting them outside of uh, you know a sushi restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done that with Han. Oh my uh, God. You know, this is Star Wars celebration in front of everybody. Yeah, this is Vanity Fair in front of everybody, mm. um, and not that it's a work and something's you know. Hey, Mark, go out and say this stuff. But you know, maybe they're bracing us for some sort of impact. I don't know. Yeah. I do love it though. I do yeah. love hearing him talk about it. But I do also think that fans should take it with a grain of salt because he does say things like. But, you know, it's good they didn't listen to me. Like, I think the celebration interview ends with him making, like, a very, like, a joke about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not going out there and saying, J.J. Abrams screwed up. He's saying, like, I had a crazy idea. What if we did this? Yeah. 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 Yeah, And and when he he keeps saying, I told Ryan that I fundamentally disagree with everything you're doing with my character. Um He's he still did the movie, you know, you know, he did, yeah. and and he would have had to maybe, but it, it it's it just it's said in a in a weird way where I, I took it as I take it as good, yeah, mm-hmm. take it as good. Me too. Yeah, well, someone that always spoke her mind was uh, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. That she did. Ah, <sighs> yeah. So in, in the article, they talked about basically how she was a mentor to the young cast. Um, we also learned a little bit about <laughs> General Leia slapping Poe. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I thought was really interesting... <laughs> Snap uh, out of it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a romance, right? Yeah, it's a- uh, the thing that's uh, kind of been uh, talk about <laughs> online is that Kathleen Kennedy said that when they wrapped the film, Carrie told her, I'd better be at the forefront of nine because Harrison was front and center of seven and Mark is front and center of eight. She thought that nine would be her movie and it would have been. Mm, Yeah, I need to pour more wine. Yeah. Yeah, so apparently it was true. Central role for Leia had been planned, but now obviously that has changed and here we are again and people online again are like, Mm -hmm. what is the right thing to do? (sighs) Well, in the article, didn't Kathleen, wasn't there more stuff with Kathleen Kennedy just saying, so we got together and we we had to start reworking the script, which seems like confirmation yeah. mm-hmm. that they're not recasting. They're not recasting. Right. But there's still some people that are holding hope that they may. Yeah. Which I is, don't know. And we've talked about that here, too. And I think, Joseph, what you've settled on, of if it's respectful to the Princess Leia character, then that might need to be what happens. Yeah. But, yeah, there was something, because uh, 
Colin turned in his script on like December fifth. Yeah, she passed away late December, and then was like, oh, "We got to make those tough calls, tough decisions." Uh, yeah, it seems like we might have some sort of whether it happens in eight or not. That's what the thing is because they, you know, how do you how do you do that if she if General Leia is to die in eight, and you can't go back and reshoot that, and you're not going to do CGI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do we get that in a book between eight and nine, like the death of Leia, or what do we get? You know, yeah. there is a no-win situation, exactly. as we've discussed before. But, yeah, the, the, there's a little bit more light shed on it this time around yeah. with this interview. Yeah. I feel like they've just explicitly said her performance in eight is her performance in eight, period. Yeah. That it's yeah, not going to, like, cut away to, oh, and then there was an off-camera <sighs> explosion yeah. or some yeah. horrible cheapness. Like, I obviously don't think they would do that. But even if they could find an elegant way, it sounds like mm-hmm. they have confirmed yeah, her performance in eight is her performance in eight, which means the character is in some way going to yeah. pass. Yep, in between movies. Yeah, I don't know how are you. How are you feeling about it, Jennifer? Are you are you starting to feel more like recast, especially with the knowledge that this would have been Leia's movie? No, I think at this point, I I don't think that they they should recast. I really don't. I think that it's just not. It's a no win situation, right? I mean, yeah. you know, and I know that fans are going to be unhappy no matter what because it's it sucks. It sucks that Carrie's gone. Yeah, but um, you know, seeing those pictures in the Vanity Fair article and seeing her on set with with her friends, you know, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy and Mark Hamill, it's like I think it's it's also that too. They're like the idea of like let's just let's just close the chapter on Leia, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we'll approach nine from a different perspective. But we're not. It's like I don't know putting putting Leia to bed too mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. rest. I don't know. Yeah, and those shots of her and Billy Lord, oh shots of her and Hamill. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Shots of her and Gary the dog on set with Millie, mm. I believe, uh, uh, Mark's dog. Yeah. Um, which is just the greatest shot. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, how would you yeah. guys feel? Because there was just a little push on social media starting to be like uh, a couple hashtags brewing of recast Leia. Mm-hmm. How would you guys feel if that became like a movement? Would you be against that? Um, Would you feel like it's like not fans' place to get into it at that point? It's sometimes not fans' place to get into it, but it's also how can you deny that passion for something? And uh, if that's what they want, if that's what the fans want, but I, it might already. I just can't see Lucasfilm changing the course. Yeah, not at you know, this point. If they're not going to recast again, I still kind of. I, I'm still. I'm still okay with the recasting idea. Yeah. So maybe I. I don't know if I'd retweet it, <laughs> but I could understand it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm really torn. I, I feel uh, it is a no-win scenario, so I think there's like a part of me that's almost afraid to uh, have an explicit opinion because I feel yeah. like yeah. I can see it from every perspective and exactly. I don't want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. But it, it hit me like a ton of bricks hearing that it was going to be Leia's story. I yeah. know. And I feel like it is just being a little like, I know it's different, but on one hand to say the character and the human being are the same, and by the way, Please come see young Han Solo. Mm, like, right. well, they're not, no, it's not, right, it's right. not exactly mirror to mirror. Sure. But it, 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 it's just such a loss from uh, uh, mm. l- letting that character, letting mm. a woman character who since 1977 has had the promise of totally being the leader, letting her absolutely up front. Be the leader, right? It just pains me to lose that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think mm. that's yeah. 
Where's that one? Yeah. yeah all right. All right. Here, we go. Here we go. Here we go. And that that is the Vanity Fair. That is spread. it. That's a lot. I mean, that we, was a lot. There's a lot, and and I feel we could even talk more and more and more. You know what I, I mean? Um, uh, yeah. Fill me up, Slugger. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I'm excited. Excited to get this magazine. Excited to have it in my collection. And so excited for this movie. And you know, we, we to be honest, we just did a kind of a Last Jedi roundup a couple of weeks ago here in Force Center. But uh, felt needed to do it here because this stuff is just great. The, sh- the shots are just beautiful. The stuff with Ray too. We didn't really talk about <gasps> oh, that. Yeah, oh, that gosh. photo of Ray running is amazing. Ray, oh, Ray running stunning. and training and all that stuff. I mean, uh, Daisy Ridley is just the the world's crush right now, mm-hmm. and she looks so just great and strong and powerful. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this character goes especially when she turns to the dark side kidding um, <laughs> but yeah so jennifer thank you so much for breaking that down oh, and helping pleasure. us through it here and uh there's a uh, like i said may 31st new york and la is when the vanity fair will hit the newsstands i think the week after for everywhere else so joseph set my alarm early that day and heading down to the, I will the call store you. again. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will be knocking on your door. You'll be wondering how I got in your house. It'll be great. Be like, well, which newsstand are you banned from from after screaming the last time? So from there, we are going to go to some audience questions. That we take right. them from Facebook. We take them from Twitter and from Patreon, which is up and running. You can support us there at uh, patreon.com for center. More on that later. But, Joseph, we got some good ones, as we always do. Yeah, that's right. Our first one comes from Anthony LeBreton on Facebook. He says, uh, show me again, Grandfather, and I will finish what you started. Do you think Kylo Ren also had a force vision by touching Vader's helmet that we never saw on screen? This quote makes me wonder if that's what they were trying to imply. Ray only saw the vision the first time she touched the lightsaber maybe the same happened to kylo slash ben mm. so do you think touching vader's helmet gives uh, kylo visions or gave him one at least once i that's that's an interesting theory that i hadn't really thought about yeah. that i didn't take that quote literal so anthony that's a great suggestion i think it's possible could that be you know kind of a new thing you know with he and ray both kind of have this because force visions in the original trilogy and prequels other than anakin's dreams mm. uh we're not there so maybe kylo's got dreams yeah uh, talk of hayden coming back maybe maybe some kind of weird messed up force ghost version of hayden that's not really hayden is talking to him yeah i don't know i yeah. don't know or maybe it's wilson the volleyball nothing <laughs> <laughs> read some history books yeah and um inserts his own thoughts yeah yeah like uh, i kind of like what's been developed in star wars canon that uh uh, forces of the dark side are location based like you know you go to morban or Mm -hmm. the the tree on dagobah you get a little a little vision of that so maybe if kylo took the helmet to the right place Mm -hmm. i also like the idea that maybe that's just like uh there's clearly a buffet of force abilities right and maybe this is one that's not doesn't come easy to kylo or doesn't come easy to the dark side right so you know, and if uh, Anakin is still uh, uh, has his his own identity in the Force, he's not talking to Kylo. Right? This is like I'm not taking your calls, kid. Calls, man. Uh, you make me feel really bad yeah. about what I did. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. I don't want to be here. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think it's a really cool idea. But there's something that feels right to me in the story that it didn't quite happen, which explains Kylo's desperation. Right. That maybe he's meditating and he feels like he almost feels the darkness of Vader and he thinks like, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally saw it. Totally saw it. (laughs) Um, What do you think, Jennifer? That's exactly what I thought, that that he's trying real hard and it's just not happening. Maybe he's seeing little glimpses, but he can't can't do it. He gets so frustrated and he goes and, you know, tears up something else. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. He, He doesn't have that power. But I love the idea of taking that quote literally. That's fun. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a really great idea. Uh, next question comes from Lloyd at Laugh Out Lloyd, who asks, what will be your Sith names? Now, this is a great question because I really like that Lloyd just assumes that yeah. the, three, the three of us are going to you know go what? super evil. Like, I'm, I admitted grumpy. I didn't admit evil. <laughs> I, I'm okay with that, Lloyd. I understand. I understand. <laughs> I can think that eventually I will turn to the dark side. I, I, I'm not offended at all. Uh, Jennifer, did you have a chance to think a little bit about your Darth name? Well, it's not it's not a Sith, uh, so I guess it would be Kylo Jen. Oh, that's the first <laughs> thing that came to my mind. That sounds like a pop singer. So friendly. <laughs> Kylo yeah. Jen. And her music makers. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll have to think about the, the Sith. I would be Darth Lethargic. Darth Lethargic, that's <laughs> yeah. a good one. That's because, you know, good. kind of that kind of apathy, it's just as much as a sin as invadering, insidiousing, and tyrannicine. <laughs> so Darth Lethargic. And baning, yeah, yeah, mauling. Yeah, that's very, very good. Uh, I, I had an old sketch uh, where we used the name Darth Awesome. Because I felt like I love it. part of the point of the sound evil and part of it is the sound cool. Exactly. You will be Darth awesome. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, I, uh, either Darth obvious, because sometimes they're mm. a little on the nose, yeah. or Darth Venter. Darth that Venter. sounds like Vader. Darth Venter. But it's a little bit more accurate to uh, when I have a little wine and get grumpy. Darth Venter. <laughs> I need to vent. I like, I like that. that. I like that. Yeah. All right, when Jennifer, when you make that full turn to the dark side, well, let us know what to call you. Death, yeah. Darth stress, stress star, Darth, something related to stress. That's what it would be. <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we will move on to our questions from patrons on Patreon. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, our first one comes from Tristan Shields, who asks, with Twin Peaks finally coming back, what do you think a David Lynch Return of the Jedi would have been like on the stream, extremely rare chance that listeners don't know uh, Lucas reached out to David Lynch uh, after his, uh, you know, he was a, a big filmmaker, not tour mm-hmm. filmmaker. He had made Eraserhead, and then he had made Dune, uh, and Lucas reached out to him to direct Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And Lynch said, no. <laughs> There's, you can find it online. There's hilarious really? uh, YouTube video. It's just audio of Lynch describing Lucas taking him through and showing him all of the monsters, and Lucas explaining, like, well, of course, well, this is a... This is a Wookiee. And she's like, I didn't know what he was telling me. He seemed very strong about it, and I just decided not for me. <laughs> well, um, I think maybe Jennifer, you and I should go, and then the David Lynch Twin Peaks fan <laughs> yeah, yeah, should yeah, close yeah, us for, out here. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, because that's, that's, I can't imagine. It's just, it's like, Asking you know David Bowie to join NSYNC in '97 or something, it's just, it's just and then that's you know nothing disrespectful to NSYNC or or Star Wars. I'm just you know what I mean. It's yeah. David Lynch is so far out there as an artist. Yeah, it does not seem to work for me on any level. Uh, it just like I think I think we would see the Ewoks eating the stormtroopers. Absolutely, it would be more like that. Um, the, the you know it would just be you'd see the flesh being torn off the skin, the meat oh. from the stormtroopers' feet being ripped off the bone there um and the, you know ewoks that guy tastes good like i it just <laughs> i don't know but oh, yeah. the emperor stuff might have been oh even yeah better which it's already great real Ooh, creepy yeah and it might have been confusing there might have been some short person speaking in backwards 
languages or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, don't what know. What do you think, Jennifer? Oh yeah, an Ewok fever dream of some sort. A lot of <laughs> dancing, melodic dancing, and fire, and I'd be it'd be glorious. Yeah. But you are the expert. Yeah, and so. I mean, my answer is the movie would have been uncompleted. There, I mean, there's just uh-huh. no way uh, because I mean, Lynch had a hard enough time with Dune, and he if he had been in it, he would have wanted to say like, oh, this the Emperor is the most evil person ever. Well, I want to show that. I want to sicken the audience. Like, mm. um, there's in, in as we know, Lucas hired Richard Marquand, but was yeah. there every yeah. day. And yeah. that ain't gonna happen with David Lynch. So it just wouldn't have happened. If Lynch had been agreed, he would have been fired on day two. <laughs> day two. <laughs> on day two. And he was like, Could you okay, get away? Yeah, like we need an extreme close up of human lips coming through the Ewok mask and we need to see the gristle and then there's gonna be like little ant noises as they <laughs> eat one of the cat and like and Lucas would have just been like, I'm sorry, David, that you're going. The amazing thing about this, and I will keep this short because I could go on forever. The amazing yes. thing is the more I, I think about these two, they are very, very similar. They're both auteurs who see things their way. Mm. Yeah. Lynch wants to please people. He just got a standing ovation for the premiere of Twin Peaks at Cannes, and he was happy. He wants people to receive his things well. So does Lucas, but they have different visions of what that means yeah. to be an auteur, but they are like our vision. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I'll go on about this some of the time, but like their themes are actually like totally aligned. The themes yeah. of Twin Peaks, uh, Everything that bad happens to the main Cooper, Dale, uh, the main character Dale Cooper, mm-hmm. is because he can't master his fear. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. totally uh, Twin Peaks. The show is called Twin Peaks. It's about the duality, the balance of right. light and dark. Ooh. And then there's a lot of imagery and themes about circles. And like, wouldn't it be better if we could be a circle instead of a fractured duality? And like, <laughs> they're so in sync and so utterly not in sync at the same time that it's amazing. Well, it wow. would totally make sense if you studied up on George Lucas, like three of us have, and a lot of people listening have that. George Lucas probably saw Eraserhead and was like, oh, that's great. I was like, yeah, he wants an auteur. Make make lightsabers. Uh, That's cool because this is that George Lucas thinks he's that guy, man. Yeah. And and he is. He is. He is. He is. So it just, yeah, David Lynch is one of those guys. It's interesting that you say that, that, you know, he wants to be well received because I, from my point of view, I look at him and I'm like, he probably doesn't care one thing about what anyone says, but, you know. He's a human too. Absolutely. So he just doesn't want yeah. to compromise ahead of time based on what he perceives people will think or what other people will, will tell him. He just wants to make what he's going to make, and then people like it mm. or not. Yeah. And that's kind of what Lucas did with the prequels. I love yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I make my thing. All right. Final question. Thank you for indulging me. Now, on if Lynch directed the pink prequels, <laughs> all that I wow. would love. Yeah. Oh my God, Roger, Roger. Our <laughs> <laughs> uh, final question comes from uh, another patron, Sean Shaw. Who says, is Luke Skywalker left-handed? He seems to fight right-handed with his saber, but when battling the Rancor, he throws the rock left-handed. Does this mean after losing his hand, he becomes ambidextrous or amphibious, as my dad calls it? <laughs> both count. <laughs> I love both it. count. Both count. Yeah. So what do you think, Jennifer? Do you hmm. think Luke uh, uh, can use both hands equally well? He's a hero. Of course he can. <laughs> yeah. Me, I cannot. I would not be able to. I would never trust that I, I would throw a rock with my left hand to try and defeat a rancor coming at me. Mm-hmm. For, oh, I'd be dead meat. Yeah. What do you think, Ken? I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> All right. I'm right hand. 
Okay. Sixth grade, I was playing a game called German Dodgeball, and I snapped the tendon in my finger here. The, oh, no. What is that? The index? What is that? The pointer? The that ring. Ring? I'll never have one on there, so I don't <laughs> No know. fear of commitment from Ken. <laughs> what is this finger called? Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, knows? Times change. Um, I'm right-handed, like I said. So my finger, um, it is audio, but I guess this is great audio. Finger was like this, and I had to yeah. it, did it for like six weeks. Oh, just dangling. But I was still playing like Nerf football with my friends at recess. I started throwing left-handed. I could, end, I ended up throwing better left-handed than I could right-handed. Ah. The body adjusts. Okay. And if you got force coursing through your veins, the body's like, don't worry, kid. The other hand's going to be just as good. Yeah. yeah. It's like Jamie Lannister's got to relearn everything now that he's lost a hand. This is, you know. Mm. No, I totally agree with that. I think the Jedi Order is an establishment that values balance and knows that their hands are likely to be cut off. Yeah. So I think younglings, that's like the first thing is like, no, 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 you are every limbed. Mm. You're going to be able to fight with your feet right. if you have to. Right. Because you're going to lose those limbs and you're going to have balance. Those are our questions. We got two from our uh, non-Patreon people, two from our Patreon people. Thanks to all of our listeners for supporting us and sending in great questions. Absolutely, guys. We appreciate the support. And there's a lot of different ways to support us. Listening is the first way. You can go on (laughs) iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. Please do that. We're still making that push. Uh, At 200 reviews, you will get another special databank brawl with main characters. Because databank brawl, databank, I think databank is also the second (laughs) show. Databank brawl is based mostly around the idea of the great second, third, fourth tier characters in Star Wars and what would they do in fighting situations. But Every now and then, we'd like to put some main ones in there for special purposes and special shows. So at 200 likes, uh, excuse me, uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes, that's what we'll do. On Twitter, you can follow us at Force Center Pod. We are so close to our goal of 2,000 followers on Twitter. And Facebook, you can like the official Force Center Facebook page. And uh, we're, we're making a push for 1,000. And then Patreon, Joseph, is going well. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Thank you for all your support. Uh, we keep getting uh, more supporters, which is absolutely wonderful. We are working towards a goal of creating new non-generic theme music because the theme music we have on uh, all our shows right now is free so you might see it someday on an auto commercial uh and we would like to have our own distinct music it'll still be in the same style it'll be a lot of fun so we're building toward that goal also we just recently released our first bonus episode every month we're going to release an episode called finish the fan fiction where a patron sends in the beginning of a story and then we improvise a fun story we just recently uh released investment of the jedi (laughs) an exciting fan fiction story so uh if you back us for just two dollars a month you'll get access to that bonus episode once a month. Absolutely. That's the show for today. I would like to first thank the wine that got us through the tough parts, helped us work through the That's grumpiness, right. Joseph. That's right. I'm feeling uh, so much brighter. I'm back to the light side. Absolutely. It's like, it's work like Canto Bright over here. <laughs> Canto over bright. at the Canto Bike Casino. Jennifer, thanks oh. for joining us as always and really putting a lot into this so we can have this great discussion about the Vanity Fair article. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Thank uh, you. Where can they find you? You can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa and stay tuned. I do have a Jedi beat coming. I've been doing a lot of research, reading a lot of books on wow. the Moss Eisley Cantina oh, and how they it. created it. Oh, and wow. it's really a fascinating story how these group of group of people came together to make movie magic. I love it. That's amazing. Looking forward to that. 
Joseph Scrimshaw, my uh, wine partner. Well, <laughs> Jennifer had wine too, but I don't think it affected her as much as it affected you and I. Slowly sipping. Yeah, I think she, we had more things to work. Through I don't think night. she had the hole in her soul that needed to be filled with wine the way we did. She's just drinking it like uh, a human. Absolutely, you always have a lot going on, yeah, sir. Uh, yeah, you can find me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website josephscrimshaw.com for all my various comedy adventures. I got a bunch of shows coming up. Uh, a fun show in Los Angeles called uh, SHIT Arcade, where a uh, hmm. bunch of comedians are going to play horrible video games and make jokes about it. Love it's coming it. up at Nerdmelt. I'm going to be at Convergence. I'm going to do a live Star Wars counseling that's going to be late at night, so that will be interesting. Ooh. Wow. All sorts of information on that at josephscrimshaw.com. You can also check out my podcast, Obsessed, and my station on Anchor Headcanon. Absolutely. You can follow me at CadNapsack on Anchor. I do have my show, Daily Thrones. A lot of Game of Thrones news starting to drop as we head towards Season 7. So check that out there. And, of course, uh, find me over on Collider. A uh, new show there live on their Facebook page every, page every Thursday, 2 p.m. PST, the Ulta Inside Schmodown, a look at the movie trivia Schmodown, hosted by me, the Pit Boss. So uh, that is it for everyone at the Canto Bite, uh, Canto Bite Casino. <laughs> for DJ, for Amelin. Holdo and the rest of the new characters we're going to love. That has been Force Center for today. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.